Good morning, everybody. Hey, before I dive into the message today, I um, wanted to uh, just make a note of something. Uh, either last week or uh, this Sunday, you might have noticed that uh, I came uh, a little bit late to, uh, to our worship time. And um, it, that was on purpose. That was sort of, not, not because I overslept or anything like that, or because I got out of the house late, but because for the last two weeks, for, for last week, last Sunday, and actually this morning, um, I was over at uh, West Valley Presbyterian Church preaching uh, in their service. And uh, if you guys were here uh, last uh, fall, we were talking about this community. We had a congregational uh, conversation, a couple of uh, meetings after church uh, service about this, this community, this community called West Valley Presbyterian Church, and some dialogue that we've been having and just wondering um, what God might be doing uh, with respect to our two communities. And so part of this uh, exploration uh, was for me to preach a couple of times over there and leadership team knew about this plan, and, um, and so last week I was over there, and this week I was over there. Um, and I think I was supposed to tell you guys last week, that's why I was late last week, but I was so discombobulated that I couldn't even, I couldn't remember that. So I was, I said, this week, I gotta tell you guys what I was doing. Next week, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna be like normal, I'll just be here. So if, uh, if I am late and roll in at 10.45, that's on me. Like, I'm really late next week. <laughs> next week. But for the last two weeks, I've been over there. Their service is kind of interesting. Um, I finished there at 1030. Um, but we start here at 1030. Right. We start here at 1030. So I've been really grateful for um, Kim last week and then Tim this week, who, uh, who drove me over here um, from that, that community. Because um, it's, it's, it'll just be a lot in my head to try to even figure out like, how to get back here. Uh, if you guys have ever driven with me, <laughs> you know, I'm like, like Terrence sometimes will be driving with staff stuff, and I'll be driving and talking and like, distracted, and Terrence will be like, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Wait, where are we going? Where are we going? So anyway, grateful for Tim and Kim and the support, um, and really grateful that... Uh, um, that I, being there this morning and being here with us this morning, it just reminds me that there are great followers of Jesus all over the valley, all over the Bay Area. And we may be not worshiping with them every Sunday morning, but there are some incredible followers of Jesus, incredible Christians, incredible faithful people um, in other places. And certainly, certainly here at GRX. And I think what God is doing here among us, continuing to draw us into discipleship, being generous with one another, learning to listen, learning to walk through conflict, learning to just what it is to follow Jesus. I I continue to see that unfolding here among us. And I think that's so exciting. We're going to continue to dive into Ephesians. Um, and today is Ephesians chapter 2, 11 to 22. Uh, again, like what we've already seen with the writing of the Apostle Paul, his writing is very dense. There's a lot of theology and a lot of theological terms. So I'm going to read 
this whole section of Scripture, these 11 verses, but it breaks out into these three uh, paragraphs, so to speak. And I've crafted the sermon around these three ideas. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a little, um, a little foreshadowing of that as I read through the passage. So with that, let's dive into Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 11 to 22. This is the ESV version. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were once far off have been brought near. That's why I loved what Jackson was doing here up front. It's one of these major themes of this passage. You've been far off, but now you've been brought near by Jesus. Okay, so that's one section. The next section, for he himself, this is Jesus Christ, is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This is this other second idea in this second section, this dividing wall of hostility. Jesus did this by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he, Jesus, might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So that's the second part, that Jesus breaks down hostility. And then the third part. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It means you're in God's family now because of all that Jesus did. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Okay. Every time I read this, I just feel like it's like probably about like verse six, like, uh, like eyes start to glaze over and like, I'm like, oh, I think I'm just going to lay down. This is like, ah, uh, too much. There are incredible truths here, which is why I've encouraged us um, in life groups or encouraged us in our own personal devotion and prayer time to be reading, to be reading Ephesians to be reading this through so that we can have this be a part of how we're thinking about things, how we're thinking about life, how we prepare ourselves to come into worship. And so with that, let me just dive right into these three sections. And the first section, I'd summarize by saying, Jesus brings us near. Jesus brings us near. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying, that, that Jesus brings us near to God, 
brings us near the throne of grace because he says, remember, you guys were outsiders. You guys used to be far away. You guys used to be far off. So um, I'm going to do, do a learning activity with us right now. Um, yeah, and it's so much, right, I was like reading this. Oh, God, this is on podcast. I don't know if I should say this. Okay, this learning activity is much less invasive than the learning activity called circumcision. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have said. Maybe, can we cut that from the tape? Anyway, I, why do you say these things? Why do you say these things? Okay, this is, this is another learning activity. Okay, if you didn't know what that word means, you can ask your parents when you get home. Okay, okay. so this learning activity, what I want to ask you guys is, the Apostle Paul is talking about Gentiles and Jewish people. And you used to be far off because you were Gentiles. The Jewish people were the ones that were brought near. The Jewish people were the ones that had the covenant promise. They were citizens of Israel. They had hope in God. You get all of that from from the Old Testament. You see that the Jews were the chosen ones of God. So if you weren't a Jewish person, you were far off. So here's the learning activity. Um, Who here is Jewish? I think I know somebody here, at least. I think there's somebody. I'm going to do the whole Ray Lynn thing here and look out. If you're Jewish or have a little bit of Jewishness in you, could you raise your hand just so I can see? I thought that there was somebody. Oh, I don't see them right here. They must have just slipped out. Oh, wait. Is, I see someone pointing. Kathy, is, Kathy, are you part Jewish? Are you? You're pointing to someone. She's in kid zone. She's in kid zone. All right. So our, I know we should all rush over there and, and, and see her. But um, okay. So I think she's in kid zone. Um, there are three ways that you can be Jewish. Um, you can be Jewish ethnically, meaning you come, your parents, and particularly your mom is Jewish. And so you, you, you become Jewish by ethnicity, by birth. You can also become Jewish by nationality, by citizenship. So you can have a passport that says um, uh, Israel on it. If you're a citizen, uh, politically, you have that passport, and that's, you know, like, like your passport if it says United States or whatever it says on it. You can be politically Jewish. Or the third way, besides ethnically and politically, you can be religiously Jewish. You can practice the Shabbat. You can practice, you can practice all the, the high holidays. You can be religiously Jewish. Okay, now I didn't see anyone in here who actually falls into that category of any of those three categories. So nobody's Jewish, including me. I'm not Jewish either. I'm not Jewish. I know, I know, like, shocker, like in the 80s, right? They used to say, no, duh, right? So of course. But what that means is if we were worshiping, and particularly like worshiping, and, and like trying to get to the place where God was holy, we'd be worshiping at the temple. And Jackson, if you hear earlier, held up something. It was the uh, Ark of the Covenant. That would be in the Holy of Holies. That would be like kind of like up here. And then there would be different courts where different people would be allowed to come. Like if you were Jewish and you were male, you were coming this close. If you were a, a, a Jewish but a female, you'd be further out. And then further out, further out, further out, were the Gentiles, as in the court of the Gentiles, where the Gentiles had to stay. That would be like me then saying, all right, 
everybody who's non-Jewish, you need to leave. You need to get out of the W room. So it'd be like, all right, so let's go. So it'd be like Randall and Robin and Cecily, and we'd be like, yeah, and it, I'd, like, I'd like kick all of you out because this is the worshiping space, and the people that worship God are here. And y'all all, y'all, y'all, you all, y'all, y'all, I messed that up. I was trying to speak Southern for Amy's sake. You, everyone, plural, have to be outside. So I'd be like kicking out Vic. Well, Vic's kind of big, so I can't really kick Vic out. But I'd look for someone more my size, and I'd kick him out. And you'd be out there. So let me ask you, like, would you feel like this would be a good place for you and your family? Do you feel like you, could, you, you would want to worship in this community? If every time you came to GRX, oh, hi, yeah, um, you get to worship outside there. Um, you can look through the glass. You can put your ear to the window. Maybe we'll open up some windows so you can hear the worship. And week after week, you have to be outside. And then month after month, you have to be outside. And year after year, you have to be outside. You don't get to be in here. You're out, you have to be outside. How would you feel? You probably wouldn't come here anymore. I mean, maybe some of you would come for a little while, but if week after week, month after month, year after year, you had to stand outside every time while <laughs> our one person over in Kid Zone was worshiping inside, she'd be inside and all the rest of us would be outside. Be like, what up? Forget that place. Jesus Christ opens the door. That's what I loved about what Jackson taught. Jesus Christ opens the door so that all of us can come in and worship God. Not just Jewish people, but all of us, Gentiles too. And that is the mystery that I've been talking about in Ephesians. This big mystery that the Apostle Paul is talking about all through Ephesians is this. The mystery is that Jesus Christ is bringing into unity all things. That's the big idea in Ephesians. And that's what we're seeing here. That you and me, we are all far off. But Jesus opens the door and brings us near. And we get to be brought in. We get to be brought in. We get to worship God. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. All right. So that's the first thing that Jesus brings us near. And the second thing in the second section of this part in Ephesians is the second idea that Jesus has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. He has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility, meaning the thing that's the barrier, Jesus has broken that down so that we can come in. Jesus has broken that down. But I started thinking about things like the dividing wall of hostility, wall of hostility, just praying, preparing for this message. Like, if Jesus broke down the dividing wall of hostility, why is there so much hostility in the world? If Jesus destroyed the the dividing wall of hostility, anger, separation. 
why is there so much hostility in the world? And then I started thinking, why is there so much hostility in me? Why, why do I feel hostile at times? Um, so, um, while I was preparing for this message, God gave me all these kinds of uh, experiences to experience my own hostility. I'm like, mm-mm, shaking your head, going, mm-mm, pastor, going, be hostile now. Mm. You know, you guys have heard me talk a lot about my adventures in my Prius, driving my four-cylinder Prius as I dream that it's, a, no, anyway, I'll just, I'll just leave it there. But, um, you know, one of the ways that I feel really hostile, you know what really gets me angry? We have a picture of how I feel sometimes. This gets me really angry. (laughs) It's when I'm driving down the freeway and somebody cuts me off and there's not a lot of space. And my Prius, I get so angry. I get so angry. You know, when I drive, if you've ever driven with me, you know I drive slow. I drive slow. I'm a big proponent of the two-second rule. The two-second rule for all of you that are in driver's training right now or driver's ed, it's because, it's, the two-second rule is the car in front of you passes like a, a shadow and you count 1,001, 1,002, and then your car passes that space, right? That's the two-second rule. That is the correct and right and proper way to drive. <laughs> we should all drive with the two-second rule. And if we all did that, we would all have plenty of space and no one would be hostile. But not everyone drives that way. And I get cut off all the time in my Prius. I could be listening to K-Love. <laughs> oh, Jesus loves everybody. Or I don't know, whatever worship songs they sing on that song. And I get cut off, and I'm like, oh, oh, you're so angry. I'm like, and hostile. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go cut them off. I'm going to cut them off. And then I'm like, I pull out, and then I floor it. And I remember I'm in a Prius. <laughs> And Jesus says, I only gave you four cylinders for a reason. (laughs) And it's like, it goes, and I'm like, I'm like, and then I just like, okay, I just like ride it, get back in behind him, get back in behind him. That's all right, you practice in humility. All right, right. But I started thinking about that, and um, actually there's another slide here. Like, man, that pastor is angry, right? He's angry. There's another slide here. I was thinking, what are the attitudes or postures that I have in me that create hostility towards another person? And I think that these are these two postures, that I need to be right and I need to be in control. And anytime these two needs are violated, I begin to feel hostile or angry or frustrated. I need to be right. Like everyone should be driving by the two-second rule. And, they're, and I'm right. And, and they're wrong. And I get angry. Or the need to be in control. Like I can't control that other driver. I want to control them, but I can't. And I don't have any authority to control them. I don't have any authority. And I'm like, man, I wish there was a CHP officer here. I, like, all of that. If, you, if you're ever that way, I wonder if you're like me. The need to be right and the need to be in control. And when we aren't right, we can't be right. We can't impose our rightness on someone else. And when we can't be in control, it creates hostility. 
And so what struck me about all of this and all of this sort of connection is that, yes, Jesus came to to break down the dividing wall of hostility. But the reason there's so much hostility in the world and the reason there's so much hostility in me is that even though Jesus came to break down the wall, I go and reach for bricks and I stack those back up on the wall. Every time I am hostile to somebody else because I need to be right and I need to show them that they're wrong, it's me grabbing a brick from this wall of hostility and putting it up. So I begin dividing myself. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm correct, you're incorrect. I've thought about this and you're flippant about this. I'm being safe and you're being dangerous. These are all bricks that we stick on. Or the need to be in control. Do it my way. I'm going to do it this way. This is the best way to do it. And we create these dividing walls and we're hostile towards people that are outside. So the question is, how do we be transformed? How do we become more like Jesus Christ? How do we live with greater peace? It says Jesus preached peace to those who are far off and those who are near. How do we live with greater peace and be more like Jesus? Because that's that's what it is to be a follower of Jesus. How do we be more like Jesus? Jesus broke down the dividing wall. How do we break down dividing walls? That's the third part of what uh, the Apostle Paul talks about. Number three is remember who you are. You are a citizen with God's people, a member of the household of God. Why is there so much political tension in our world? There's so much political tension in our world because you have nations battling against other nations. You have people of different citizenship whose identity is rooted in their citizenship, their country. And this country wants this set of things, and this country wants this set of things, and so they are hostile towards each other. There's a dividing wall of hostility there. But the Apostle Paul is saying something more profound. Your identity is not in your citizenship of your nationality. He's even saying your identity is not in your ethnicity, you Jewish people. It's not in your ethnicity. It's not in your politics, and it's not in your ethnicity. And it's not even in your religiosity. It's not even in your religiousness. Your identity is as a citizen with all of God's people. Our citizenship, our partnership is with all of the people all over the world who say, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. We all together are members of the household of God, which crosses all kinds of things, ethnicity, nationality, religiosity, and even denominations. This is what crosses all of that. And that's why he says, our foundation is not based in anything in our lifetimes. It's based on the apostles and the prophets 
and on Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone. All of this was made by Jesus Christ. All of this was made possible by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's why he says, you who were far off, you who were Gentiles, were brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ makes all this possible. So the summary slide of this message and this chunk of Ephesians, there's these three big themes. Number one, Jesus brings us near. Number two, Jesus has destroyed the wall of hostility. So, so friends, because Jesus is breaking down, destroying that wall of hostility, don't go and grab more bricks. It's okay to not be right. And it's okay to not be in control. It's okay. Don't go and grab more bricks. And that's okay because of who God wants us to remember who we are. God wants us to remember who we are. It's okay because of who we are. And the Apostle Paul is trying to remind us of this. Remember that you are a part of God's family, God's eternal family. So the petty things that we create hostility around, it's really, really small compared to the eternity that Jesus Christ invites us into. Okay, here's the last slide. It's this application slide. Um, we're moving on. Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 are done. We're going to begin Ephesians chapter 3 next Sunday. So let me encourage you guys to continue reading. Continue reading Ephesians. Read Ephesians chapter 3 and read it two times a day. You don't have to understand everything. Just go ahead and read it. Just go ahead and let uh, that word and God's word be a part of your daily rhythm. I'd also invite you this week to wonder, who do I feel hostile towards? Uh, what's the wall for you? Who in your life have you created a wall against? Who have you created a wall against? Who do you feel hostile towards? And then as you think about that, I'd like you to remember that it's Jesus who brought you into this space. It's Jesus who brings you near to worship. It's Jesus who loves you. Jesus who cares for you. Jesus who values you. And it's Jesus who wants you to live a whole and peaceful and loving, generous, expansive life. So this week, you're looking for some stuff to do to grow in your faith. Let me encourage you to do these things. And let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you didn't leave us outside, but that you brought us near. And God, I pray that for us as a church, if we have um, dividing walls in our lives, if, uh, if perhaps we have created a dividing wall of hostility against another person or another group of people, God, I pray that you would, in your loving, uh, gentle, knowing way, God, help us break that wall down. God, break that wall down and help us to release uh, the temptation to reach for more bricks. 
And God, under all of this, remind us that you love us and that our eternity is secure in you, that you love us and that, and that we're okay. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.